It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a Thursday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I am Dan Lobby, and I'm joined today by Mary Kay Cabot. Mary Kay, how are you? I'm doing great, Dan. How you doing? Doing well. And also, Terry Pluto joining us. I think this is appearance number two for you, Terry. I know. I'm becoming a veteran. <laughs> so uh, here we go. We're going to talk, of course, some Browns football, and let's talk expectations for 2020. A uh, new head coach, a new coaching staff a new-ish GM, uh, Baker Mayfield trying to recover. So let's talk about what the expectation should be for the Cleveland Browns. Last year, of course, they were sky high. Uh, they didn't come anywhere close to it. They went 6-10. and 10. Mary Kay, when you look at this team, what, what do you consider a fair expectation for them as, as they enter the 2020 season? Well, the bar that I have set for this season is a winning, se- a winning record, a wild card berth in the playoffs and to win a playoff game. And I know the bar, that bar is probably set pretty high, but with the talent that is on this team, when you've got guys like Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, Nick Chubb, Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, the two tackles that they have, Baker Mayfield, who we think should be better this year, and a coach that should be able to pull it all together. I just think, you know what, they don't, they don't have time to, you know, to crawl before they can walk. This team needs to make a move. They need to take a step up. And I, and I think it's time to have a winning record, make the playoffs as a wild card at least, and win one game. Terry, that kind of speaks, I think, a little bit to how low the bar is that just, you know, having a winning record and, and making the playoffs and maybe winning one playoff game is – it feels like a huge burden for this team. Because it is. I mean, you look at the fact you have to do something <laughs> first. I mean, you're talking like they like they were 10 and 6. They were 6 and 10 and played some of the sloppiest football around. You know, and they've come out with the uh, tough, smart, accountable mantra. And it's a bunch of cliches. But actually, that is their first step to getting to where Mary Kay wants them to go. It really remember that first game was 18 penalties and when he counted the decline ones and every it really did set the tone for what we saw much of the year um and then then you later had because the on the field dysfunction then began to go off the field and that so that's the unfortunate thing about them not being here is you can start cleaning some of that up right away you know just with there so i'm going to be looking number one do they look like they're organized? Do they look like they're you know, tough, smart, accountable? Do they look like a team? Because if they do, then 
what Mary Kay's talking about is very, very uh, uh, plausible. It really is. But it takes a while for a team to establish that when they were, uh, I mean, they were painful last year. It was one of the most painful Brown teams. I'm, I mean, not just because they were bad, but, you know, everybody, there's all this garbage going on. And, and Mary Kay was even on to Freddie's weaknesses before I was and, um, on that. And, but I actually jumped on that train with her fairly quick because, you know, and this guy's clueless to fix it. But you don't want that train going out of the, you know, out of the station wobbling for the first 10, 10 miles down the track where you got a long way to go. So I'm, I'm curious to see how they will be with that. But if they can, you know, if they could look like a solid team that's organized and, and that, you know, the game plans make sense and the, the, the type of players match the, uh, the schemes that are being called, they could be pretty good. I, I, so I think that kind of goes to the question when you look back at last year, um, with, with everything that was going on that led to that 6-10, and 10, if all of that is – kind of gone if they've got if they're organized if they have better coaching if, if they're just in a better mindset going into the season how many wins do you think that would have been worth last year are, are we talking an eight and eight team would, would, would that have been worth two wins three wins I, I mean obviously I picked them to go 10 and six last year Mary Kay I think you did too Terry I don't remember what your prediction was yeah so I was hovering between 10 and six and nine and seven I think I think at minimum you go eight and eight and possibly nine and nine and seven uh, if you're organized. But they never were. I mean, even some of the games they won, I remember going just well. They won. That's about the <laughs> other than the Baltimore game. That's the Haley's Comet game. It came out of nowhere that first game, and it went right back to wherever Haley's Comet goes for the next fifty years. And but the rest of those games. Uh, yeah, I think they, they could have won at least three more games had they been organized, had uh, the offensive coaches been on the same page, had they uh, presented an, an offensive system that was conducive to, to the personnel that they had, had they run more play action earlier on in the season. And um, obviously there were other things that happened, including the Miles Garrett situation and Olivier Vernon missing most of the second half of the season. That didn't help them at all. That uh, you know, they didn't really have a whole lot of control over some of those things. Uh, but I, I think it would have been uh, with a better coaching staff last year, I, I think that they would have won three more games. Because I don't even know that Miles Garrett happens if they had a better, more disciplined coaching situation last year. I think it was boys will be boys, free for all. And I just don't think there was any structure. And I think it just lent itself to people getting out of control. And if you really want to talk coaching, as a friend of mine, as executive from a, actually he's re retired now from another team, said, "Just curious, what was Miles Garrett even doing on the field in that situation?" Right, that game's over. Yeah, and you can say, "What is? What do the Steelers have their quarterback in there for?" Um, but I guess they didn't want to put the duck in. I mean, but whatever. But it's over. And on top of the fact that, as he pointed out to me, he's one of these guys that studies analytics and all these things, too. You know, Miles is playing 88 to 90% of the snaps. So if you actually sneak, steal a few snaps for him out of a game and, you know, where that, that game's over, you do it. Well, and, and kind of going along those lines, we remember that San Francisco game that was over. Oh. And Odell Beckham goes back to return, <laughs> to return a punt. And you just never had – <laughs> what was I forgot about that 
<laughs> I just there remember Baker's taking a beating the whole time, too. It's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there were, uh, you know, so many situations that just got out of hand uh, that didn't need to. And, and, and then you get into it, and then you got into uh, Baker just completely pressing and throwing the mm -hmm. ball all over the yard. And, and so, you know, I just think that he's going to be so much more under control this season. I think he's going to have confidence in the game plan. I think it will be very sound. I think that they'll uh, put him in situations to succeed. I don't see him having, you know, he really shouldn't have more than 10 interceptions this season. I mean, he really should not. He had 21 last year for second in the NFL, and I just don't see that happening again. Well, that would be huge, Mary, uh, Mary Kay. If, he, if you get even 10 to 11, 12, because uh, I think he was at uh, 14 the year, the year before, because um, that, be, that would be a gigantic change, because that means he is following the game plan. And I think we could start looking at setting some stuff up for the things we can talk about down the future. How do we know that they're going the right direction? You know, Baker's not throwing as many interceptions. Like, you know, I'm big on pre-start, pre-snap penalties, that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, all that. But, Dan, you know what? You haven't – I'm disappointed in you. Uh-oh. You know who talked Monday? <laughs> well, see, you weren't involved. You weren't on those podcasts, right? I was off, so I expected Kareem Hunt's oh, agent to at least pop in to say, <laughs> "But besides, they will have Kareem Hunt for all sixteen games." <laughs> okay, you know when you look at reasons for progress, though, not not specifically to Kareem Hunt, but I do think, <laughs> I do think there's something to be said that we can kind of close our eyes a little bit and see how this offense looks. Mm -hmm. No idea what this offense was going to look like last year. And, and we haven't seen anything, and yet I feel like we have a good grasp of the identity of this offense and how Nick Chubb fits and, and how these tight ends fit. And, you know, Kareem Hunt's kind of the wild card and all of that. Uh, but I, I think that's a sign. That, that's why you should feel good, and that's why, you know, you should be able to say, yeah, this team could be pretty good this year in part because – we already kind of know what they're going to look like. There's already an identity. And when you go and look how they drafted and built the roster around mm -hmm. Kevin Stefanski's offense, you can just see that alignment and that identity. You know, that that's the good part of the whole thing is they, they do have the identity. They do have alignment. They do have structure. They have a sound offense that they're going to run. It's very proven. We've seen what happens when, you know, Gary Kubiak runs it, when Kyle Shanahan runs this offense, when Kevin Stefanski, you can plug in these quarterbacks and suddenly they're putting up amazing numbers. But in this particular season, you have the whole big X factor of the fact that this brand new football team, Brand new coaches, brand new players have not, not had an opportunity to get to know each other yet, except for on Zoom calls. They have not been out on that field together. They've not gotten their timing down. They've not practiced the terminology. Baker Mayfield hasn't been able to really practice his new footwork with the new guys. Does he have any timing this year with Odell Beckham Jr.? So even though it's all set up for Baker to succeed, it's all set up on paper to win games. They haven't been able to actually get together and see how it's going to work yet. And Mary Kay, along now, those lines too, whether you're talking football or basketball, one of the tempting things that and tends to be often uh, big problems for rookie coaches is they come in with all of these ideas. You know, they've been just waiting and waiting to get this job. And even Freddie had that. They start running all this stuff. 
And probably you would want to say, let's just take half of that playbook and get rid of it. Uh, and so we're this having, you know, like a regular preseason, regular mini camps already, then you would be, he would, Kevin Stefanski might be saying, well, I'll save that for year two or something. You know, we need to get this stuff going. Um, Cause Hey, a lot of stuff is easy on zoom. I mean, it's for example, it's like a lot easier for the three of us to talk about the Browns than to sit down and actually write the story. Let me take a minute to tell you about Football Insider. It's our subscription service where Mary Kay, Scott, and I will text you throughout the day with the latest on the Browns, news, analysis, what we're thinking, and more. And the best part is you can text us back, and we'll text you directly, cutting through the clutter of social media. It's another way to connect with us as we cover your favorite football team. We also hold events with our team of writers exclusively for our subscribers, like the virtual draft event we held the week before the draft this year and our virtual event talking all things Baker Mayfield. That included uh, Mary Kay, me, Scott, Dougley Maurice, and Terry Pluto. All of these events that we do, they're open only to our football insiders. So if you want to check it out, you can get a 14-day free trial by going to cleveland.com browns and clicking on the box on the right side of the page. Football Insider is $3.99 per month after your trial expires. Or better yet, you can just text 216-208-3965 to get your trial started. Again, to get that 14-day free trial started and see everything that comes with your subscription to Football Insider, text 216-208-3965. Back to our show. Even when they're on the field. You know, in the spring, that, that mm-hmm. stuff is easy and every, everybody looks good and and all of that. But, you know, once the real bullets start flying and, and you've got to answer for losses and things like that, that's when it gets hard. Um, th- but the reason I the reason I kind of brought up last year initially is I, I think when I think when Mary Kay initially throws out, I expect them to make the playoffs and win a playoff game. The first thought might be, well, why aren't you skipping a few steps there? But just in my mind. Not really, because last year's team should have been better. Last year's team should have been the team that set up what this team is capable of this year. And so I don't know if if you really are skipping steps there. I just think last year was such a disappointment that there is room for there to be a big leap this year. And never mind the fact that there is an extra playoff team. So, yeah, eight and eight. Right, that helps. But, Dan, I'll tell you this and see what you two think, because I'm clueless on how this defense is supposed to play, how it's going to play. I don't know. Any thoughts? Because that's the one thing we've – It's you know why we talk about the offense? Because we actually do have a pretty good idea, at least what it's supposed to be. Well, you know, I think that uh, – I think it will help tremendously to have uh, Miles Garrett and Olivier Vernon uh, healthy throughout the season if they can stay on the field for those 16 games. I think if you just do that alone, your defense is going to be so much better than it was last year. So hopefully That's a miracle, Mary Kay. I'm serious. Yeah. Will Olivia Vernon play anything close to – he's missed four games, five games, and six games the last three right. years. So, a couple of those others he played on one leg. It might not even be him. I mean, it could possibly yeah. even be Jadavian Clowney. Good point. Um, but so one of those guys, you know, on that side, and then Miles on that side, mm-hmm. if they can play at least more games or, you know, almost a full season, uh, then, then I think that will help them tremendously. But – from a defensive standpoint, Joe Woods has admitted that he doesn't know who his starting linebackers are. He just doesn't even know. And they're, again, they're cross-training them uh, because, you know. On Zoom. On Zoom. A couple, yeah, exactly. A couple guys can play 
you know, middle and, you know, they, they can play all over. So they don't know how those spots are going to land yet. I think they have a pretty good idea of what the defensive line is going to be like. Mm -hmm. And I think they have a fairly good idea of what the back end will look like. Uh, and I think they're pretty excited about that, but uh, the linebacking core, that's, that's still up in the air. And again, they're going to start out with a four, three base, but they won't even be in the four, three base that much. There won't be all that many times when they have three linebackers on the field, they will be in sub defenses a ton. And, and that's what you, one thing that you can expect. And, and that is one side of the ball where, you know, on the offensive side, it's, there's a lot of established guys, or at least, you know, if you don't sure. want to establish these guys that have played a little bit, you got a lot of youth over on that other side. You know, you're going to be counting on a guy like Grant Delpit, who's going to have to come in and play. Greedy Williams in year two, you're, you're going to be counting on him. Mac Wilson in year two. There's a lot of youth on, on that side. Sione Taki Taki. You want to be hearing that name, Sione Taki Taki, a lot. <laughs> that means things are going well. Right. And if not, um, they're going to be, as you are scrambling. Uh, and also, he likes to play. I, the only thing I was told by Woods, he likes to play a bunch of safeties. Of course, I, they sort of did that last year, I think. They did. And, and of course, Jermaine Whitehead was a big part of that, which. That, oh, I forgot another, about that one, too. That's another thing uh, that, that went awry. One of those yeah. complete <laughs> lack of composure and discipline <laughs> moments for that football team. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah I mean, you, you want to have the multiple guys that can play multiple positions in multiple spots i was yeah, in the yeah. locker room in denver mary Kay, maybe you have a memory of this thing with whitehead too but jimmy donovan suddenly he's like standing up so he's looking at his phone he's going oh my god <laughs> what is whitehead doing i'm like what he's over there <laughs> he was like he goes wait till you see this stuff and it's you know and all right, Mary Kay, finish the sentence. Yeah, no, that, that, was, that was unfortunate. And again, and I think it yeah. was a sign of the times. I think it yeah. was uh, it, I think it was a football team that lacked discipline and structure. And that's one thing that Kevin Stefanski really brings to the table. Uh, he, he really has kind of laid down the law. I know that uh, these guys have talked to players like Kareem Hunt, and they've said, here is what we expect from you. They've talked to Baker Mayfield, and they've said, and, and all the guys, really. And they've said, look, we don't want you guys talking about it this year. We want you to go out and do it. I think that one by one, uh, they really set forth their expectations for each one of the players. If you know what's expected of you, uh, then you have a much better chance of accomplishing it. I remember asking Freddie over and over and over last year, hey, this guy's saying this or this guy's doing this. What are you going to do? About it? What are you going to say about it? And he was always kind of like, you know what? Boys will be boys. And then by the end of the season, he's wearing a Pittsburgh started it t-shirt. I mean, it, it just was oh, bedlam. <laughs> I mean, it was bedlam. What memories of the air. This, yeah, has, it, been, it this was, has been the podcast of just Terry putting his, his hand on his forehead when Mary Kay and I bring up the memories from last year. Yeah, there, there were, I mean, it was, it, it seemed like every, every few days we were adding to yeah. the, uh, you know, the drama list that we had, didn't we? In, in the media oh, room, yeah. we had a drama list mm -hmm. and we would just keep going through it and, and adding to it and saying, oh, what about this? What about this? And, and inevitably we would forget some big, huge, crazy thing that happened last year. But that's when you don't have the leadership from the top, that's what happens. And that is what I think Kevin Stefanski, that's the major difference between him and Freddie is he and is I think too, see what you plan. think on this, Murray Kick, because it really goes to your point, but because I was told this, that, uh, uh, you know, 
Andrew Berry also was brought in to change the, you know, John Dorsey, let's just get the talent in here and you coach them up. Uh, no, that's not going to play it, it, with, certainly with younger coaches, that Barry was very calculating and, you know, getting smart, tough, accountable, all that, that they wanted. Because uh, if you want a team that way, especially with a younger coach, you better bring in a bunch of guys like that. And then if you have a couple of free spirits, hopefully the, you know, 95% of the guys are one way and they won't get too far away from the mean. Yeah, that is absolutely true. The the key uh, to to running a disciplined program is to add a certain kind of player. And I think that you have seen on the part of Andrew Barry that he's bringing in guys that are, like you said, smart, tough, accountable, but they're also incredibly passionate about the game. They're good guys. They're going to be good guys to deal with for the most part. Everybody that we've talked to so far, whether on Zoom or whatever the case may be, uh, it, you, you can tell that there is a paradigm shift going on in that locker room. I mean, it is, it's different. And again, I think, you know, John liked to give Seth, John Dorsey liked to give second chances. Uh, but there were a lot of elements on that football team that made it difficult to coach the team. And, and I think that. They didn't have Andy Reid to sort it out for him either. See, that's right. the, you can and go Andrew, a little more in that direction when you have a coach like that. Yeah. Andrew's really changed that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Andy Reid because that's, that's sort of what I was thinking. When John Dorsey was in Kansas City and just throwing talent upon ta on talent on talent, you had Andy Reid kind of throwing it all together, an offensive genius, uh, a guy who's won. Uh, you know, it's, it's a little different when it's Freddie Kitchens, who had never even been a coordinator before the second half of, of 2018. Um, so so that, was, that was a part of it. Tara, I mean, are your expectations that this team – could make the playoffs. You know, not asking for a prediction, obviously, because it's. I'm, I mean, I'm. But, I'm probably sitting around nine and seven, and I haven't really thought about what the new extra playoff team helps, other than it helps the Browns. But um, one thing I do like, you know, oftentimes, like when they would bring in a player here, and we're going through his background. Now, what was that arrest in 2017 about? Or this? We haven't had that, and that helps. Again, not that all these guys have to have their picture on a church window or anything like that, but you run into so many, you know, that is a friend of mine, is an NFL executive, he calls it the idiot drug test at the combine. You know, the guy that flunks, they've told them for months, you're going to be drug tested at the combine. And then you get drug tested at the combine and you flunk it. And, you know, they, they don't have a, a lot of those guys. Because while Odell is a free spirit and that, you know, I don't think that, you know, he's, he's not a guy that's in legal trouble or any of these issues. So uh, I'll be interested to see how it plays out what the receivers wanting the ball will find to run it. But I'm a lot more encouraged, at least when you look at the character of the team. And, and just, just one last thing here on, on Kevin Stefanski. Um, Mary Kay, you and I have talked about this, but obviously he comes here as, a, as an offensive coordinator, and we talk so much about his system. Mm -hmm. But um, is, it, is it more fair to kind of view him as that CEO type head coach, especially if he ends up deciding not to call plays, but it just feels like this guy was hired to be more of that CEO head coach, which I think is something that this organization needs. Yes, absolutely. I think Paul and Andrew identified in him the year before uh, leadership skills, the kind of person that they wanted. They wanted a leader of men. Uh, they wanted somebody that could get along with people, that could assemble a good coaching staff and lead the coaching staff. 
they were looking for the person uh, more so than the X's and O's. And they really 100% believed that Kevin Stefanski was that guy. And if it was up to them, they would have obviously hired him the year before. Uh, but as we all know, John Dorsey got his way in that. Uh, but I think that um, they are looking for him to be that CEO type of coach. And so far, I will say that I've been very impressed with how he's handled a very difficult offseason. I mean, he's had to guide this team through COVID. He has had to install offensive and defensive schemes via Zoom. Then he has had to guide this football team through a very challenging and emotional racial strife in this country and on these football teams. And I think he's done a great job with all of that, setting the tone himself, giving them concrete things that they could do to get in the arena and, uh, and, and trying to pull a team and a staff together when most of them haven't even, most of the coaches haven't even met their players yet. I think the CEO coach in general is even the way to go. Uh, you know, a lot of people think like Terry Francona is like hands-on with a lot. He's, he's a big picture guy. I mean, Brad Mills, for example, is his main guy, and he's doing, you know, all the uh, nuts and bolts. That's why he always talks about, well, Brad's telling me each day what to do. It's not a tremendous exaggeration there, but because Francona's thinking kind of keep the players, you know, racial, relationally and all together. Secondly, you know, they've got two pitching coaches. they got two hitting coaches. And, and to your point, Mary Kay, by the time all this rolls out, that CEO coach should have these different guys ready to know so what exactly they're going to implement. So you don't have to be in the, in the details. And, and the things when you're insecure, sometimes you get real deep in the, in the details like Freddie would. Then you would back away. Then you, get, you try to get back into it again. Hopefully we don't have that issue. But I, I'm pretty sure, like you said, Andrew, and, and probably even down from the Haslam said that this is the type of coach we want. Okay. Well, that'll do it for this edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, Terry. It was good to have you on uh, on again. We'll sure we'll surely circle back up and get you on a few more uh, a few more episodes, especially once we get uh, over closer to training camp, whatever that's going to look like. So uh, make sure that you are subscribed uh, to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Check out Football Insider, get that fourteen day free trial. You can get all that information at cleveland.com/browns. For Terry and Mary Kay, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody. 